For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Aaron going, that ain't right. You got robbed again. Again. On the attack, count the basket. Isaac got it. Welcome back, everyone, to an all-new episode of Believe in Orlando Magic from the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike Fizzino, here today with a special guest, NBA contributor from the lead sports media, Sam Allen. He was a friend of mine from Monmouth, um, did some sports talk shows together, and he's here with us now to talk NBA. If you want to see more of Sam's work, you can follow the lead at the lead SM on Twitter, and be sure to click the link in the bio. Sam, how you doing? What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Just glad that we got some NBA basketball back. Um, how's the bubble been for you so far? Have you enjoyed watching it? You've enjoyed the game? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's really refreshing. I, I kind of, honestly, during the quarantine and whatnot, I, I really distanced myself from a lot of sports stuff just to kind of give my mind a little break from it. And it was nice. But now that it's back, I'm I'm getting into the full swing of things. And I really... I'm really looking forward to these playoffs. Um, the bubble has been awesome just to see, uh, you know, who's, I guess, stayed in shape, who's uh, gotten even better. I've definitely noticed some players getting better that we can talk about a little later. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, it's really just refreshing to have basketball back. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, I do want to get into all that, like who our picks are for bubble MVP um, and just kind of talk about the playoff picture and stuff. But first thing, just because we do have an Orlando Magic uh, generic audience, I want to talk about what the bubble has been like for them and what a first round matchup against Milwaukee could look like for the Magic. So just to kind of set the scene really quickly, my first episode, I predicted the Magic would get the seven seed because I thought the Nets would be a dumpster fire having nobody on their roster. I was wrong. They're five and two in the bubble right now. So, uh, Sam, I guess I'll just kind of toss it to you. What do you think of, let's talk about the Nets first. What do you think about what the Nets have done? Just kind of being a surprise team with all the injuries that they've had. Well, the Nets, a surprise team is a great way to put it because they, you know, coming into the season, uh, signing Durant, coming off the injury, um, Kyrie Durant, and then from last year with Karis LeVert trading D'Angelo Russell, um, they were one of the biggest teams in in headlines period coming into the season. And while they they knew that Durant wasn't going to play, I guess they figured that they would have a little bit better of a season, maybe not um, seated where they are right now. I believe they're, what, the eighth seed right now? Uh, No, that's the seventh seed now, yeah. So, I, I mean, I think that if you told them that without Durant, and with, I guess you could say, almost half a season of Kyrie, mm-hmm. they would get the seven seed. Um, I don't think they would be would have been totally thrilled. But, I mean, look, without your best player in Durant, um, that's really who they're built around. And the, their guys have stepped up. Karis LeVert is a stud. Um, I mean, the role players on the team, Joe Harris is arguably the best three-point shooter in the NBA. He's been shooting period. the lights out, yeah. So when you when you have that, and I think it's – 
you know, I don't think they intend to uh, win anything this year. I don't think they really plan on winning anything this year, but uh, it's the foundation that matters because once Mm -hmm. they get their big guy in Kevin Durant, that's, that's where they're really going to start winning stuff. Right. I agree. I think like, I think the foundation they've set up is huge because a lot of the guys that are starting and playing now are going to be like their second unit next season. Um, And I just think it's really encouraging for them, but uh, just to talk about the Magic really quick for a minute before we jump into just NBA um, general talk. So the Magic, it looks like they're locked in as the eight seed right now, and that means a matchup with the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. I don't think either of us are going to predict the Magic are going to win that series. Milwaukee's personally my pick to make the finals out of the East, um, but we could talk about that after. So what do you think a first-round matchup would look like for Orlando versus Milwaukee? Well, just looking at it now, I'm looking at some of their their previous games. And um, the first time they played, they lost by 32 to the to the Bucks. But then the other two times they lost by nine and they lost by 11. So, I mean, they've been competitive games. So, I mean, it's not like they've I've seen the, uh, the Bucks blow people out where it's not even a competition. Yeah, but they they can hang with them. And, you know, in a seven game series, when you when you adapt to a team and you adapt to a play style or even a player like Giannis, a lot can change. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it happen. Look at, I mean, one of the most notable ones is look what the Ma- uh, the Dallas Mavericks did with LeBron when he was on the heat. They, they, you know, everyone, no one thought the, the Mavericks would win, but if you develop a good game plan and if you have a good head coach and you have a good system, you can make some surprises. So again, I'm not going to pick the magic to win the series, but, I I never rule out any playoff team is how I like to view the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I think the thing with the playoffs, especially now in the bubble, is that you really don't know what's going to happen because I think I think for a lot of the the higher up teams, they're kind of where they're at. But I think there's so many teams here that like are completely different teams than they were before the league shut down. And that's for better or for worse. There are some teams that definitely are a lot worse off than they were before, but then there's some teams like the Nets are a perfect example who, despite not having half their roster, they're playing really well and they're, they're five and two right now. So that'll be an interesting first round matchup to watch. Um, just to kind of wrap up the magic talk really quickly, my prediction for the series, if it ends up saying that way, four to one Milwaukee, I mean, the magic don't have Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon's been in and out with injuries. Um, I, I don't know if I've ever said this on my sports talk shows with you at Monmouth, but I hate Nikola Vucevic, but he's, he's their best player right now. So he's going to kind of have to put the team on his back with Markel Fultz. Um, so that's it for Orlando Magic Talk. Let's get into the NBA in general. So what the NBA is doing is they're doing bubble MVP awards, bubble all NBA teams. So right now, who would you say is your MVP in the bubble? I mean, I, there's, there's, when you say that there are two players that come to mind and one is far, uh, far ahead of the other. So I'll give you the second one. The second one is who I would say would be the runner up for this award would have to be Damian Lillard. Um, I think he, I think he just scored like what, 120 points in two games or something like that. Yeah. He just had 61 last night. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he's a monster and uh, it's, there's we'll, we'll talk about playoff scenarios in a, in a minute, but um, there's a there's a way that Portland can miss the playoffs, I believe. Mm-hmm. So um, to have not have Damian Lillard in the playoffs would would really hurt the NBA. However, 
my true winner, and I, I don't know if you know this, but I he is my dead favorite player in the league. Devin Booker is on another right. level than everyone else right now. And I think it's, you know, going into the season, he had mentioned that this would be the last time he wasn't going to be in the playoffs, talking about last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, Devin Booker is absolutely, honestly, Devin Booker and the entire Suns roster coaching staff have done a beautiful job transitioning into the bubble and Devin Booker has really just opened the eyes of a lot of people. He, he had, uh, I think like a 40 point game the other day and he was just, he doesn't miss. He, he doesn't miss. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's the same packing order. Like I was really torn between Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard and Devin Booker. I think they're clear in a way the top two. Um, and listen, Damian Lillard is a bad man. Like he has been on another level, but the Phoenix Suns being 7-0, and and although Devin Booker doesn't necessarily have the stats, he's not too far behind, but Devin Booker's averaging like 31 points a game, six assists, and I know Lillard's at like 37-9. and So there's a bit of a gap between the stats, but I think when you look at the situations that they're both in, Portland's not a bad team at all. The Phoenix Suns were not really a good team coming into the bubble at all and they haven't lost a game but it's also important to note that they've won some big games and that game against the Clippers where Booker hit that game winning shot like over think, Paul George and over Kawhi Paul George. yep I think that that moment right there in watching that game that was when I was just all in on Booker and the Suns and are they gonna make the playoffs I don't know we'll talk about that when we get the playoff scenarios but I just think what they've done has been so impressive. And as great as Damian Lillard has been, I think Devin Booker uh, deserves the respect for MVP. Another player I would say, um, I don't think he's, you know, worthy of the MVP title, but TJ Warren's been another guy that's just been like balling out. Now, you know, the Pacers have been okay. So I I wouldn't think that he's worthy of a bubble MVP award. But I mean, he's been right there. Thirty. He's been averaging thirty-one and six, so he's right there in terms of the stats. But talk about T.J. Warren. What I mean, what's going on in the bubble in general with these random guys that are just going off out of nowhere? Well, it's. I mean, I think the bubble is really all a a mindset. Uh, you know, you can see, you know, with everything that's gone on, clearly people would be thrown off. I mean, again, look, given people like LeBron. And the stars are the guys that are just naturally, they wake up in the morning and they're amazing at basketball mm-hmm. uh, who really are just have these God given abilities really don't ha- really need to worry too much about mindset or, you know, having to train to be good. But then there are guys that have worked so much to get to where they are. And they, the reason that they're good is because of how much they've worked and how much they study the game. Um, and I think that that's the case for TJ Warren. Honestly, I think that you can clearly tell that, um, it's a little cliche to say that, you know, not taking days off, but um, I clearly TJ Warren took a step back when everything happened. Um, again, I guess like in March time mm-hmm. and he looked at himself and said, look, I need to, I need to take this time to get better, not, not stay the same, not relax. Uh, it's not a time to relax. It's a time to get better. And I think we're seeing the benefits from him and a bunch of other players that we see. I mean, I even saw, Trey Burke have yeah. was like 13 for 13 one day and three. So what that tells me is he got in the gym or whatever gym was available during um, quarantine and he just was shooting. He got better and he took yeah. the time to better himself. 
I think there's been a lot of players like that. Another one um, who's actually one of my favorite players in the league is Michael Porter Jr. on the Nuggets. Um, it's kind of crazy to think that he fell to, what was it, like the 14th pick in the draft because yeah. he, he had that back injury and nobody wanted to draft him. And Denver swooped in and they were able to get him and Bol Bol. And they've become two of like the bigger spotlights out of the bubble. Um, so I just think in general, the bubble has been really awesome for guys to kind of make a name for themselves a little bit where there's, you know, only such a small handful of games all these games are nationally televised or you could view them, you know, for free somehow. So it's been really, really cool to see just these guys who I think were kind of afterthoughts during the season, kind of like just going off. One more player I want to talk about though, before we move on is James Harden. So I don't know how much you follow the Rockets, but I mean, Harden's always shooting on another level, but he's gotten a lot better on defense. And I, I remember watching, um, I think it was when they were playing Dallas, I believe it was, but he was clamping up one through five on the court. He was guarding Porzingis on one play. And then he was guarding Seth Curry on the, like he was just all over the court defensively. I don't, are you a James Harden fan at all? Do you I, like him? I, so I love James Harden. Mm-hmm. I think that he, I think he's, there's a really good argument to be had that he's the best scorer ever. Um, you might not like the way he scores or like the way he plays the right. game. Just as, Not you specifically, but just in general. Um, but I think it's undeniable that the the game is where, where Steph Curry changed the game. I think Harden is changing the game now, too, because you always see guys drawing, trying to draw these fouls and exploiting a little, um, little like, wrinkles in the rules that, you know, no one else would even think about where, you know, you see Harden will drive to the rim and he won't necessarily even be trying to go for the shot, but he'll be trying to hook the defender's arm to just to get the foul, just right. to get the free throw line. And I mean, I, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I would guess that Harden probably is among the league leaders in free throws. And mm-hmm. it's no coincidence that a league leader in free throws is also a top scorer in the league. Right. You know, and then when you combine that with, I mean, his his handle on the the ball and the way that D'Antoni likes to play offense is, you know, it, it's just like a perfect storm for Harden and that whole offense. Right. One more player I actually do want to talk about really quickly, Markel Fultz, because we do have a, you know, magic generic audience. So just to talk about Fultz for a second, um, it, you don't have to talk, you know, specifically to the bubble, but... What's your opinion on Marco Fultz? Do you think he could be a good player in the future? I, he's been playing pretty well in the bubble. He's been a little inconsistent with his scoring. But, I mean, last night he posted 18 points against the Nets. He's kind of been hovering around that 13 to 22 points per game, you know, fluctuating every other game. But what's your take on Marco Fultz? What do you think of him? Well, you know, again, like, guys will always surprise me. You know, I never would have expected T.J. Warren to drop 51 or even Michael Porter Jr. just absolutely – turn into a different human being in the bubble. Mm-hmm. But for Markel Fultz, I think that he's, you know, I don't think he will ever, in my opinion, I totally could be wrong. He will ever uh, reach the um, the potential that he was drafted at, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. However, he had, he has shown that he could be a good, like second point guard, even like he could start on the right team, I guess. But uh, if he was if he was my second point guard on a championship team, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I think he has some good skills. He's uh, you know he has like a little. I think there's a little bit of a mental issue, just as just as like Ben Simmons has a little bit of a mental issue with his yeah. shooting threes, um, 
where where we have never really seen this in the NBA before. Uh, like people like just not shooting due to like uh, it just messing with their psyche, I guess. But like um, it's a kind of like a new age sort of uh, way of thinking and monitoring players. But I do think that Markel Fultz, you know, he's shown that he can do it. It's, it's a matter of getting past that mental block and actually doing it. And I think that uh, he's very he, – he's shown some good things this year, and he's he's trending in the right direction in, in fewer words is what, how I would describe Marco Fultz. Right. I think that's a good way to explain it. Definitely trending in the right direction. And in the bubble where there have been some injuries to the Magic, I really think he stepped up as a good playmaker and a scorer. Um, next season will kind of determine a lot for him because he's going to be entering his first full season where he's hopefully – completely healthy so we'll see what next season brings but I do agree with you on Fultz I think I don't think he'll ever reach his potential as number one pick but I think on the right team whether that's Orlando or not he can be a solid starter in the NBA so that's just before we move up Marco Fultz like let's just think about real quick like what who is a team like in the current NBA landscape that you can see Marco Fultz you know coming off the bench as maybe like a seventh man backup point guard uh that would be like a very beneficial team. I one that came to mind immediately was the Nets. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, Kenny Atkinson's a great coach for young players. Young players mm-hmm. love Kenny Atkinson. Uh, he's shown that he's taken guys that were afterthoughts other places and made them into good, solid players. Um, so I mean, mine was the Nets. Once you get Kevin Durant and Kyrie back, they would be able to get Fultz on a cheaper deal. Right. Um, He's not going to expect any crazy money, but, you know, uh, as a seventh man or even eighth man on the Nets, they could that could be a very dangerous second rotation. Yeah, I have two teams that immediately come to mind. Well, three, because I, ha- I have to say the Magic. I have to keep him okay. in my hometown. Well, um, I mean, I'm saying, like, if, yeah. if he goes elsewhere. Yeah, I have to keep him in my hometown, Orlando. But if, whether via trade or free agency, he were to go elsewhere – Two teams that immediately came to mind to me. One's the Lakers. I feel like they've always been in the hunt for a point guard. Um, I don't think he would necessarily start on that team, but I think as their roster is currently constructed, he could create a great scoring punch off the bench. He could kind of take away from some of the playmaking responsibilities from LeBron if they ever share the floor together. And I mean, love or hate LeBron, most of the time he makes players around him better. So I think he would be a good fit there. Another team that comes to mind, a team we talked about before, the Phoenix Suns. Again, that's a situation where I don't know if he would start there or not, but either way, he has a great offensive punch, great playmaking. And I really think Phoenix is a system where young players can go and really thrive there. And I think Devin Booker has obviously been the prime example of that, but I see Phoenix being a team, especially with how they performed in the bubble, a team where over the next two or three years, a lot of young talent's going to want to go there and join what they're building because they really have a great young core of I won't include Ricky Rubio in this because he's not young, but I think he's a great player. Their young core of DeAndre and Devin Booker and McCall Bridges, I think that's a really great young trio that they're building there. And I think a lot of young players that are kind of um, coming off restricted contracts or are looking for a new team via trade, I think that's going to be a really hot spot for young free agents or players in the future. I feel like the Suns are almost – they've become like this this castaway of – not failed picks, but like of uh, – like draft picks that are on like the second leg of their career almost or like even like the second wind of their career would be a better Mm -hmm. way to say it. Yeah, definitely. I I do think that they're building a good culture though. I think they have a good culture built in there. Um, So speaking of the Phoenix Suns, we're going to move into the last segment right now, playoff picture. So we're going to talk about what the playoff landscape looks like. You sent me a tweet this morning that I had to read like 
five or six times because this whole play-in thing is really confusing. I'm going to have you read that in a second just to read the possible playoff scenarios. But the Eastern Conference is pretty much locked up. I'm just going to just read the standings really quickly for the East. So um, you have the first-seeded Bucks, then the Raptors, the Celtics, the Heat, the Pacers, the Sixers, the Nets, and the Magic. I'm pretty sure that that's set in stone. Yeah, looking at the – that's pretty much set in stone. The only game that could possibly change – or the only seeding that could change is the Pacers and the Sixers between the five and six seed. But it's pretty much set in stone over in the Eastern Conference. The Western Conference is where it really gets complicated. So they're locked in with the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Rockets, the Thunder, the Jazz, and the Mavericks in that order one through seven. That battle for the eighth seed is between, I think it's like five teams. So do you want to read that tweet that you sent me this morning? Because it explains yeah. all the possible scenarios. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and explain this as as best I can. Yeah. Um, okay, so first and foremost, um, the, this all it goes for not. If the, if the Trailblazers win, they get the eighth seed, period, stop. Okay? Mm-hmm. If so – they they get the eight seed if they win, or if Memphis, Phoenix, and Sacramento all lose. Okay. Okay. So if they if they if they win, they're in for the Trailblazers. So if they need to win this game, it's a must win. This is a playoff game. Um, Portland, if they lose, they would become the nine. If any two of Memphis, Phoenix, or Sacramento lose. Okay. So if they lose and then any two, so if, if or any one of those three teams wins, you follow? Okay. Yeah, I'm, fo- I'm following. It was like okay. uh, once I read it a couple of times, I understood it, but it's, it, go on. It's, it's, it's a little confusing. So the, so now moving on to Memphis, the Grizzlies get the eight seed if they win and Portland loses. Okay. Okay. Memphis gets the nine if if they win and if they win or Phoenix and Sacramento lose. So like if for instance, if the Grizzlies and the Trailblazers win, then the nine seed would go to the Grizzlies if the Suns and the Sacramento uh the oh I'm sorry, not Sacramento, San Antonio loses. Okay. okay. Now Phoenix can get the eight seed if they win and Memphis and the Trailblazers lose. Okay, so they right. need so as as I get lower down the list. Yeah. Like so, for instance, now the Spurs, I have the tweet up now. I'm following along now yeah. as you're explaining it. So the Spurs will get the eight seed if they win and all three of Memphis, Phoenix, and Portland lose. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, uh, the, I mean, the nine seeds are the Phoenix gets the nine if they win and Memphis or Portland lose. Um, and then the Spurs will get the nine seed if they win and any two of Memphis, Phoenix, or Portland lose. So the way you can look at it is, uh, I guess like a simple way is you got to do Portland, Memphis, Phoenix, Spurs as the tier list of, I guess you could say, uh, most likely to get the eight seed. Right. Um, so, whereas Portland needs to win and a certain loss, Phoenix mm-hmm. needs a win and two losses, and the Spurs need a win and three losses. Okay. That's that the easiest way to, to say it. Yeah. For anyone who wants to read this, um, go to at 
Keith Smith NBA on Twitter because he completely breaks down what Sam just said. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this. Who do you think is going to get the eight seed in the West? I think Portland. I mean, we, we spoke about uh, – I would love to see Devin Booker get it. Um, he, hmm. I, I'm really going to be pulling for him. But um, I think that Lillard is, a, um, is off the tree of the Kobe Bryant uh, – mindset so yes. i think that when there's something to play for i think that he shuts everything else off and will only play for that mm-hmm. um you know so i i can't i can't see them losing today i can see you know i could totally see a absolutely amazing game from uh damian lillard today um but yeah no i think portland will get in it wouldn't shock me if the um i'm sorry it's not it's not today i think it's tomorrow yeah tomorrow yeah they, they play, play brooklyn too yeah. So uh, again, I, I can't I can't really see them losing, really, uh, especially to the Nets. I think they're just a better team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, they there's. I think Portland gets in, and I I really don't think any other team is really a threat. It would be cool to see John Morant there. Um, the Spurs, I can really, you know, I I don't think that the Spurs are kind of in the middle of rebuilding and still contending so right. there's nothing exciting with them mm-hmm. um you know I, I think that portland is the best the best matchup and honestly i think it is a very scary matchup for the los angeles lakers yep. in the first round i don't think lebron is scared of phoenix i don't think lebron's scared of memphis i don't think lebron's scared of san antonio i don't think lebron's scared of anyone but the trailblazers with lillard mccullum I mean, Carmelo Anthony's playing like like very very good. Carmelo Anthony, I think it's a scary matchup for the Lakers, and, and one that they definitely will need to focus on. Are you laying down the groundwork for what you think is going to be a potential upset in the first round if Portland makes it? I wouldn't say an upset, but I think a, I think definitely they have a series. I think I think the West is you're going to have. There's like we can talk, we can go right into the playoffs if you want. But I think every series goes six or seven games. Yeah, the, I would not be surprised if we see two upsets in the first round. You mm-hmm. know, the the I uh, just jumping forward, looking at it here, I would it would not surprise me if the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Houston Rockets. It yeah, would, it, I just wouldn't be stunned. It wouldn't. It, it would kind of stun me if the the Jazz beat the the Nuggets, but. I mean, hey, you never know. All these teams uh, you can make a case for. Yeah, I think you could even make a case for Dallas against the Clippers. I think that um, that one's interesting. I think that series could go either way. But I really like how Dallas has been playing. And maybe not win the series, but I think that goes at least six. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, the Clippers are still and have been my pick to win it all this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm a little high on them, I believe. But right. – um, Again, I wouldn't be stunned if they if it was like a six game series. Um, the Clippers ha- are three and zero against them in the season. Right. Um, they, the Mavericks have never beat them, but again, uh, y- as long as you get to the dance, you can dance. Is how you right. get to think about the playoffs. Well so. said. So what you just kind of alluded to it with saying the Clippers, but in terms of a series, what's your finals prediction? I know you said you have the Clippers winning it, but who do you have the Clippers going up against? And what do you think the series looks like? So this might stun you and some listeners, but I, so the Clippers is is my pick from the West and has been. Mm-hmm. However, I, I am not going to pick the Bucks, and I'll tell you why. And very, very briefly, 
Uh, I don't think that – I think in today's NBA, in the NBA that is catered to guys like James Harden and even without him playing this year, but guys like Steph Curry where it's really just three and don't play defense. Right. I don't think that the Milwaukee Bucks will – I don't want to say ever, but will – uh, have what it takes to get past teams that are fitting into that uh, curve of play, I should say. So my because because I don't think Giannis's three point three pointer three point shot is there yet. I mm-hmm. think he's definitely improved. I think he's a force, an absolute force. Um, he's easily a top three player in the NBA. But I again, I think that you go as far as your best player skills will take you, and I think that. Uh, it's. I, I think that they're still a little bit far away from being able to get there. You know, with a with a game on the line, if Giannis has the ball, they're they're still going to give him the open shot because they're going to play the percentages. You know, they're they're still going to give him that three if they need three. You know, think about this. Think about the Bucks in a situation where they're down by three points with uh, you know two seconds to go. They can't inbound the ball to their best player. You know, whereas, you know, the Lakers will always inbound to LeBron. The Clippers will always inbound to Kawhi. The the Celtics will always inbound to Jason Tatum. You know, it's – or, you know, it's just – I can't imagine – that that scares me is what I should say. Right. So, my pick, and I think I'm I'm going to catch them. I think they, they might – this might be their year to prove something. I think this is Tatum's breaking out year. But I think the Boston Celtics will – meet the Clippers in the finals and because I am just sold on Jason Tatum I think the I I would even put him in like the elite category of the NBA Mm -hmm. without any hesitation I think he has to be mentioned there right now with the likes of Kawhi the likes of LeBron Harden Um, and it's controversial because people might think that he's just a tier underneath but I, I'm sold on him from what I've seen in him. And uh, just he's just so young and so it's unbelievable. So Clippers, Celtics for me. Right. I, okay. I'm, I'm not totally against you on that, to tell you the truth. So I spent all season long preaching Lakers Bucks the entire season. Even leading into, you know, quarantine and the start of the bubble, I have been preaching – Lakers box, Lakers box, Lakers box. I thought Giannis was the guy. I thought he was going to carry them. I had the Lakers winning, but I thought Giannis would power through the East. As I've been watching these games, I completely agree with everything that you just said about Giannis in the box. I just don't think that, and this has come from someone, I think Chris Milton's really overrated. I'm sorry. I think he's oh, good. Wow, really? I think he's, I think he's very good. I think he's I, – I even think he's underrated. I mean, I, I think he's overrated in the sense of, like, obviously, if you need a three to win a game, you're not giving it to Giannis. I'm not counting on Chris Milton to make that shot. I'll put it to you that way. Well, that's – see, that – you're I, I hear you. And, and that's, that's the problem. With, that's my issue with the Bucks. Yes. So – they're, 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 they're a team, right? You know, like, they're yeah. – they play team basketball, and it's great, but I don't think that wins now. I don't think so either. You're right. And my thing with the my other thing with the Bucks is I've seen them play both in the bubble and, you know, throughout the season. When they play good defensive teams, th- their hands are tied. They can't do anything. They completely got shut down by uh, Miami 
with Bam Adebayo just locking down Giannis. They don't play well against Toronto because Toronto throws like 30 different defensive schemes at you. They, they, I mean, I haven't really seen Giannis play well against certain um, defensive schemes. So I'm with you in that I think the Boston Celtics are going to come out of the East now. And that's hard for me to say because I've been saying Milwaukee since before the season even started. But I'm with you on that. I think Jason Tatum should be considered as one of the elite players in the league. I think I don't, maybe this season, not yet. I think by the start of next season, he's going to be a top 10 player, considered a top 10 player, like widely considered. I, right now I'd have him like nine or 10, but I think by next season, he's going to be widely considered a top 10 player in the league. And I just think the way the Celtics play, they utilize three-point shooting a lot more. They, they really are just such a modern team with the way they structure their lineups. And I'm sorry, I saw the Lakers coming out of the West. I just think that's okay. I just think this is, I think this is their year. And I think there's a lot of factors in that. I think number one, LeBron kind of knows that time's running out for him. And I think that this is his last year to win a championship. I think after this year, this is his best shot. Also, I think there's a huge emotional factor with Kobe's passing that I think it just gives the Lakers some extra momentum. Obviously, it would be nice to see them win, but I really think that that's just been giving all their players an extra boost. Um, so I do have the Lakers winning, but I'm completely with you that I think the Celtics are the team that's coming out of the East, and I, I, I don't really think that there's much debate to be had there. I think uh, Giannis and the Bucks, for the same reasons that you said, I think they're restricted in so many ways. And then the only other real contenders were the Sixers, who now don't have Ben Simmons, Toronto, who I just don't think as good as they are, they don't have the star power to get past a team like Boston. And I mean, who's the only other team? Miami. I, I just don't think Miami's there yet. So I'm going with Celtics Lakers, the classic rivalry back in 2020. And I think it's going to go six or seven games. So I, I agree with a lot of what you just said. So you have your Eastern Conference finals as Bucks, Boston, uh, LA, LA. Yep. Okay. So I just want to give two. A sleeper, not a sleeper team, but like a team to that would not surprise me if they made a huge run. Yeah, on both sides, the Denver Nuggets, because if they have if they have Michael Porter Jr. and Bo Bowl, look out NBA because mm -hmm. with Jokic and I think that Jokic has MVP potential written all over him. Um, I think that just watch out. I mean, their guys Gary Harris. Um, Monte Morris, they're, they're they have just team. an absolute squad in Denver. They're and deep. if Michael Porter Jr. can look like KD, like he's been looking like in the past couple of games, uh, I think there's there might be some issues in the West with them. And then my second team in the East would be the Pacers. Uh, huh? With with everything going on with the Pacers, I mean they uh, again we mentioned T.J. Warren. Um, they just play great basketball always. Um, and uh, with Oladipo and just like just Sabonis is an absolute monster. They play great basketball. I, I am a huge fan of the Indiana Pacers, and I, I, I really wouldn't be surprised if they are another team that just pulls out some upsets. Yeah. Um, you know, we look like they've they've clearly had a, a minutes limit on Oladipo in the past, you know, couple games or whatever. But again, if you get to the dance, you can dance. Yep. And I think that Oladipo is another one of these guys who's in the elk of 
the Jason Tatums and the guys who were once considered right underneath that elite level that uh, I wouldn't, would not be surprised if you saw, let's see. So it would be, if the Pacers beat the heat, it would be Pacers, Boston, right. Or Pacers winner of that series. And I, you know, if the Pacers gave Boston a run for their money, I would not be stunned. Wouldn't mm-hmm. be stunned at all. Right. All right, so some hot takes from you there. One last thing, we got about five minutes left. We talked about, you know, our bubble MVP bubble teams. NBA awards overall. Um, we'll just go through these really quickly. NBA Coach of the Year, the finalists are uh, Mike Budenholzer from the Bucks, Billy Donovan from the Thunder, Nick Nurse from the Raptors. Who's your pick? Uh, I, I was a – when with the Russell Westbrook days and uh, even like when they kept with the Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Stephen Adams, I was a – I was so against Billy Donovan. I thought that he should have been fired a few years ago. However, what he has done with Oklahoma City and Shai Gilgis Alexander and that young team, and mm-hmm. you know, going into the season, I think uh, I had a an article I wrote about over unders that I loved, and my my bet everything, risk everything pick of the year was to go over on the Oklahoma City Thunder because I thought that that was going to be a perfect storm with Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis Alexander and Billy Donovan has made it 20 times better. And I, I have totally shifted my thoughts on him and I think that he deserves it. However, he won't win. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Okay. I think, it's going to be, I think it's going to be uh Budenholzer. I think that just, just the fact that the one seed, I mean, look, they, the, if you look at the rock, I can go on a whole monologue about how I disagree with it, but you know, the, the best coach is always, or the best seed is most likely always going to have the winning coach uh, for that award. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I disagree with it, but uh, my pick would be Billy Donovan. I'm with you on Billy Donovan. I mean, I think he's just completely turned that team around considering that they lost, you know, I mean, you look over the past eight or nine years who they've lost, but over the last year losing Paul George and Russell Westbrook, my pick is Nick Nurse though. I mean, the Raptors aren't that much far off from where they were last season without Kawhi Leonard. So my pick is Nick Nurse for coach of the year. Six man of the year finalist, two from the Clippers and one from the Thunder. Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, and Dennis Schroeder. Who do you have? Again, I mean, look, Lou Will is Mr. Six Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montrez Harrell is, I think, going to be the the uh, Swiss Army knife and has been the Swiss Army knife for the, the LA Clippers. I think if they meet the Lakers, he can give them some issues uh, because he's a very, very good defender. Um, however, uh, I, again, the, what I think I'm just sold on the Oklahoma city thunder. And I spoke about the, the matchups. I said, I wouldn't, wouldn't stun me if they beat the Rockets. Um, but you know, they, I think Dennis Schroeder has really carved out a nice role there and they just have the perfect team in my opinion for, uh, team basketball. You know, they're missing that one big guy. Chris Paul is certainly not you know, who Chris Paul used to be, but yep. he's still a great, great player. Steven Adams. I mean, they, they have a really good roster there. So I would give it to De- Dennis Schroeder, regardless of stats. Let me just put it that way. Right. My pick is also Dennis Schroeder. I just think um, I love their style of play in Oklahoma City, and I just think he's done a phenomenal job and been a really, really great player. I hope he stays with that team. Um, most and one, one more thing. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. The – I don't understand how you can have a six man award and have two people from the same team. Yeah. That made no sense to me. <laughs> that made, that made absolutely no sense to me. I going to be honest with you. When I first saw it, I thought like it was a typo. Like I thought yeah. they were between the two and yeah. 
I don't know how that's possible, but most improved player, Bam Adebayo, Luka Doncic, Brandon Ingram. I think it has to be Ingram. Um, mm-hmm. There, you know, I think Luka is, Luka is unbelievable, but he was unbelievable last year. You know, right. he, I, I don't think anyone was really stunned by what Luka's done this year. Uh, but, you know, Brandon Ingram is, he's an issue. And, I, and that's another team that, you know, they didn't make the playoffs this year. Um, all the hype surrounding Zion. Um, I mean, Brandon Ingram really took that team and without many thought would be their best player in, in Zion um, and really carried them. And he's just, he, he is showing flashes of what everyone thought he would be. Yep. Um, and it's, it's really great to see. So I'd give it to Ingram. Right. I'm with you on um, Luca. I think he was already unbelievable. Uh, he's improved a lot, but you know, the thing with Brandon Ingram is that, and you know, same for Adebayo, he's, steadily improved but ingram people were writing him off as a bust and he came out of nowhere and was arguably the best player consistently throughout the season on that team i would say zion's been their best player but he hasn't played but throughout the course of the season brandon ingram one player i'm shocked wasn't on this list by the way was Devonte graham from the hornets because he like he balled out this season but my pick is brandon ingram for most improved player uh what's next defensive player of the year Giannis, anthony davis rudy gobert I think it has to be Anthony Davis. He's yep. just an absolute beast. Um, he was playing – I forgot who I was watching the other night, but he was just – he had a, a block and a steal down the stretch. The game that um, the game that Kuzma hit the shot the other night. Oh, they were playing the Nuggets. The, against the Nuggets, he was absolutely on a different level in the fourth quarter defensively. Yep. He was guarding everyone on the floor. And, you know, I think a couple of sequences before that, the game-winning shot, he had a block. Um, that was just like – he was so far away from the shooter that I didn't even think he would be able to block it, and he got he, he got his palm on the ball. So, right. you know, that it was a very – Anthony Davis all year has just been so impressive, and, you know, I wouldn't be stunned if he even got, like, MVP votes. Right. I'm definitely with AD for defensive player of the year. I think he's high and far been – even though – one player on this list literally shut down the entire NBA. I think AD has been the best defensive player by far. Uh, Rookie of the year, John Morant, Kendrick Nunn, Zion Williamson. Uh, That's tough. It's, it's really going to be interesting to see. I mean, I don't think you can really give it to Zion. He's incredible. Uh, I get it, but you know, I think John Morant has proven that he is going to be an absolute stud in this league. Um, I, you know, I think, you know, while I think Zion will be as well, I think there's still some questions about Zion and his health and mm-hmm. availability. And, you know, he only played uh, a handful of games this season. So, I mean, it'd be tough to give to Zion. My vote would be Ja, regardless of, uh, you know, sample size and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think even if Zion played the whole season, I just think John Morant had a much bigger impact on his team than Zion had on the Pelicans. Um, I just think John Morant really established himself as one of the overall, I would say one of the best point guards in general in the NBA. And I'm really excited for that young Grizzlies team. Last one, MVP, Giannis, Harden, or LeBron? Tough. This is a tough question. Uh, it's it, This is going to be very interesting voting um, voting year, uh, I could really make a case for any one of those guys. Um, I think I think it will go to Giannis, 
Although I think that if you really peel back and think about everything, I think that, uh, you know, with everything he's had to endure and everything that's gone on this season with the passing of Kobe Bryant, I think that uh, LeBron, I think my pick would be LeBron. And it's, I usually hate saying that because I feel like it's just a cop-out answer. Uh, just give LeBron the MVP every year. Right. But I think that, you know, every, again, everything that's gone on, the way the seasons went and hasn't gone, uh, I think it's LeBron. And I think it's tough to not pick LeBron always. And I feel like it is a cop-out answer, but when you look at the most valuable player on team, when I think of most valuable player, I think of what if I took this guy pulled him off the roster and then threw the team back in the league. How would the team perform? And I just think LeBron in every asset on the court, off the court, offensively, he slipped off a little bit, but even defensively, I think he just has such a huge impact. And I think his biggest impact honestly comes off the court. I just think he more than just on the Lakers. I think he's a leader in the league in general. And I think his impact is felt far beyond just the Lakers locker room. I think he is more than deserving of it, but I do think it's going to be Giannis. And not that Harden is a bad candidate either because Harden just gets better and better and just amazes everyone every year. But I mean, Giannis has just gotten to another level this season. I think the jump from last season to this season has been really big for him. But it, I, I think it should be LeBron. I think LeBron should get it almost every year because of the impact he has on and off the court. But that's it for us today. Sam Allen, NBA contributor from The Lead. Make sure to follow The Lead at The Lead SM on Twitter or TheLeadSportsMedia.com. Sam, thank you so much for joining me today. No problem. Thank you for having me. We'll totally do this again. Yeah, definitely. Always great talking basketball with you. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, Believe in Orlando Magic. Check us out on Believe.com or subscribe on any major streaming platform. And we'll be back next week. Take care, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.